0: everybody to the Hammer and Rails podcast with you as always I'm your host Andrew Ledman and I'm Ryan Bonaparte and we have with us tonight a special guest you might know her from Twitter you might know her from hammerandrails.com where she is our newest writer but I will go ahead and let her introduce herself to you all
1: hey guys I am game day Gabby thanks for having me on
0: hey no problem we're glad to have you um so not a lot going on in the Purdue sports world so we're probably just gonna you know uh, just chat amongst ourselves for the next 40, 45 minutes. That sound good to you, too?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, so, obviously, you know, we're going to be talking Jeff Brom, the vast majority of this podcast. We're also going to briefly discuss the Purdue basketball victory over Hofstra. But first, I have a question for the two of you that I posed on Twitter. I know the answer that Gabby's going to give me, but I want the, the podcast listeners to have it anyway. So, are you ready for this? Sure. Yeah. All right. All right. Purdue football has a job opening. What fictional football coach would you hire uh, to take the head coaching job at Purdue if you were uh, Mike Babinski right now making the hire? Ryan, I'm going to give you a minute to think because I, I know what Gabby is going to say, so I'll let her go first.
1: Clear okay. eyes, hearts.
0: Can't lose.
1: Got to coach Taylor.
0: Gotta I be. <laughs> I, I that mean... Just makes
2: my life so much
0: harder. Yeah. I mean, you know, he he won multiple state titles, two different schools, um, we don't know what he did at the end of the show when he went uh, with his wife to the new new school else, elsewhere, uh, but I have no mm-hmm. doubt he whipped them into shape and took them to state.
2: Oh yeah, best coach of all time! I love me. Coaches. Was was the coach in the movie also named Eric Taylor?
0: I don't think so. Yeah, was he? It was Eric Taylor. Okay, I couldn't remember. Okay, because I know they changed a lot, obviously, in the TV show versus the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, because they went from like
2: the Mojo to the Panthers the logo change and whatnot. So
1: and he was a little easy on the eyes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be happy to. No, no, yeah, the coach, the Billy coach Bob in the Thornton to Kyle Chandler. Coach
0: in the movie Friday Night Lights was Coach C- Gary Gaines. Oh, uh, I was like, I didn't think it was Coach Taylor, but yeah, I mean, they changed so much. They changed so much for the TV show.
1: I guess I'm just so yeah the TV show, I didn't know who
0: it was. Yeah, that's all right. All right, Ryan, pressure's all on you.
2: Oh, pressure is on me. Um, oh, this is just, this is real difficult. Mm. I'll,
0: well, okay, I'll give you another minute because I'll give you my second choice, which I also said on Twitter. Okay. But my, my second choice, if I can't get Coach Taylor because he's already, you know, coaching the Permian Panthers or something, I'm taking, I'm taking Ted Lasso. I'm bringing him back from the U.K. Uh, I mean, he won a national championship at Wichita State. So I'm bringing him mm-hmm. back. He's moving up to to the big boys. He's taking over for Purdue.
2: Okay. See, the first thing that comes to mind is the coach from uh, Little Giants, the younger brother, not the older. brother. Okay.
0: So not Ed O'Neill. You're talking Rick Moranis.
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, he can inspire them
0: kids. Yeah. Yeah, and he ran the so, uh, what was it? This, what did, annexation of Puerto Rico? Yes. Was absolutely. The name of the play. Yeah. Okay, I'll take that, I'll take that, but I'll be honest, 3rd third, that's third on my list. So I'd go Coach Taylor, I would go Ted Lasso, and then I'd go with, with your guy, who I can't even think of his name right now. Uh, yeah,
2: I. it's been a while since I've seen that movie. So. <laughs> yeah,
0: me me too, so, so there we go, we, we've all hired our fictional Purdue uh, football coach. Now, Purdue basketball, currently ranked number four, had a game... Yesterday, they played the Hofstra Pride, which, honestly, I had to look that up, what they even were, didn't even know. Uh, they won 85-66, mm-hmm. to 66. not really much of a game. Purdue started on a, what, 20-2 to two, uh, run mm-hmm. uh, right out the gate, so not exactly the most thrilling game. Purdue had five guys in double figures. Uh, Mason Gillis still out with a back injury. Uh, apparently, he injured himself lifting weights, so we'd love to see him back, but... Uh, is there anything that stands out in this game uh, to you, Gabby?
1: Um, Not really. I mean, I think I know that we – or someone tweeted out that, you know, there was a lag in defense there in the second half, but we won by 19. It was kind of what we expected. I will say overall as a team, I've tweeted this multiple times, I really like them. They um, kind of have this nothing to lose, everything to prove mentality. Uh, completely different from last year. Yeah. And I'm not, not going to compare mm-hmm. the two just because they're just so different. Um, I just love their effort. They really click. They, I feel like they've been playing together for years and, um, I know we're kind of going to get into big 10 play and uh, how we started last year. I'm not like predicting a final four or anything, but, um, I just really like the overall fluidity, I guess, of this team as a Mm-hmm. At a whole, I, I i go into games like this and i'm not or even like i'll go back to florida state when they were down normally i'd be like at the edge of my seat like are we going i really didn't think like are they going to figure this out in the second half i knew that they would um so i don't know i'm really enjoying them and they're fun to watch
0: yeah yeah i think to your point mm-hmm. about not comparing this team to last year's i think people have a tendency when you do that Um, If you say, you know, this team is better than last year's or this team is a better team than last year's, people have the tendency to think you're diminishing the play of someone like Jaden Ivey or Trevion Williams. But, you know, Mm -hmm. they were great individual players, but a team can be better uh, when great individual players leave. I don't know that that's going to be the case this year, but that can happen. And it's not a slight to either of those guys. It's just a different team.
1: Yeah, the thing was, was Jaden Ivey was so good, and he could take over a game at any moment. And I think that we probably relied on that a little more than maybe we should have at times, because, okay, he can go off, he can make that big shot, he can go off for 10 points like against Ohio State, I think it was last year at home, and just completely take over. Where this team, I feel like, works as a team more of, like, every ball counts, every possession counts, every rebound counts, and, you know, those Mm -hmm. teams... When they're young and they have nothing to lose, that's just fun to watch.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Ryan, did you see anything in this game that kind of was was different than the ones we'd watched before?
2: So you almost noticed that Hofstra kind of had a different uh, mentality in guarding Zach Eady. So the closest comparison from this game was West Virginia, where you had two players double Zach Eady, but then one player would come off of it. Monster didn't do that. They would keep two players on Zach Eadie at all times, and it was almost almost effective.
0: I was going to say, how'd that work um, out for him?
2: Yeah, he still ended with twenty three and eighteen. He was one <laughs> away from the Monsters Inc of scoreline. 19 <laughs> very good,
0: excellent. Reference. Oh, so close!
2: But um, it it helps when you can literally just go over someone and just straight up just pass, you know, with. A forearm's length above someone else. Yeah. So I truly appreciate Zach Eadie's vision this year. He is not trying to get the ball out as soon as he has to. He can wait, let the players sag off of him, usually not so much the case in Hofstra, and then make the correct pass. That has been one of the... Numerous um, skill sets he's gained since coming to Purdue, and then he's just keeps getting better every year. Give him the Naismith already.
0: Yeah, I mean he he's just looked fantastic. I mean we're gonna harp on it all year, but his improvement from last year to this year is just incredible, and especially now that he's playing even more minutes. We the question always was coming into this year, did he have the conditioning to do it? Could he keep this up for a you know thirty to even sometimes thirty-five minutes a game, and he's done that in more. I mean, he's surpassed everybody's expectations. And as you said, he's got to be the the front runner for the Naismith right now, uh, without it, a doubt.
1: It's unbelievable. He's averaging thirty points or thirty minutes a game with his side. Yeah, as he just yeah. the last, he's uh he just passed Juwan Johnson on scoring over twenty points in uh eight eight consecutive games.
0: Oh wow! Uh, I didn't see eight,
1: that. Seven. So.
2: I don't know for his. Also, side. the first seven-footer <laughs> to do that in eight consecutive two games since um, Andrew Bogut. Only two players that ever uh, scored twenty twenty or more in eight straight games.
0: Wow! So I tweeted this the other day, and it was just amazing because somebody had mentioned, obviously, in my Twitter feed, Andre the Giant, and Andre the Giant and Zach Edey are the exact same were the exact same height, <laughs> both seven foot four, and I mean it's just amazing to think that that like, obviously there's like 300 pounds difference, but like imagine them standing next to each other. It just made me laugh so hard and I don't know why. Um, but Zach, Edie- you,
1: think he's, you think he's big? I mean, right, you know, he's big. You watch him. I met him um, at in Milwaukee for March Madness. I'm I'm 5'10", if that gives you any reference. I look like a child next to him. That. He's so big. Like, yeah.
0: Like, As do most people, yeah. Well, it's like you even see, like, Fletcher Lawyer or Braden Smith standing next to him, and you're just like, mm-hmm. you're like, why is this Why is this adult out there playing against children? And then you're like, oh, no, he is just a giant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always funny. And, like, you see pictures of, like, Shaq with the women he's dating or anything like that, and it's mm-hmm. boys. Always incredibly awkward. Um, so I'm sure uh, you, Statenix, had to look something similar to that. Um, did you get a picture?
1: I do have a picture, yes. Uh,
0: uh, then. I'm going to have to sin- see that eventually, because I'm sure <laughs> it's great. I'm sure it's great. Um, so anything else about this Hofstra game? Uh, I don't, like I said, I don't think we want to harp on it too much. Uh, not much of a game. And we got more important things to talk about. But I do want to mention... Purdue next in action on Saturday. It is a two fifteen game. They go on the road in the Big Ten to play Nebraska ball. So yes, uh, you excited about that one?
2: <laughs> oh, love me some uh, Coach Fred Hoiberg. I mean, just can't get enough of that guy. Yeah,
0: he's he's really just an incredible, incredible personality. Everybody loves him. Uh, mm-hmm. So. That's a game hopefully Purdue can win come in 2 and 0 really quickly in the Big 10. So that would be a real great start. Uh before they've got then I think yeah, three consecutive non-conference games over the Christmas break. So good opportunity to start the season 2 and 0 in Big 10 play and then that would make them 10 and 0 on the season. So that would be a really great start. Um currently 4 in the country. Do we think they're going to get up to number 1?
1: Mm, I think they most so, didn't Texas lose.
0: Yes. Yeah. Texas lost. Um,
1: probably take care of business in nebraska
0: and i believe houston and virginia play each other they do they do so, so. at least at least two teams in front of purdue uh are guaranteed to lose
1: i'm not a big, i kind of like playing from behind type person so i don't really care to see number one
0: <laughs> it's whatever
1: <laughs> the last time we were number one we lost a record so
0: yeah that's fair that's fair um so there we go something to look for we are going to take a break. Come back and talk about, of course, the Jeff Brom head coaching news. We'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. And we are back. So, as you all know by now, uh, if you're listening to our podcast, I don't think I'm breaking any news for you. Jeff Brom leaving the Purdue football program, heading to be the head coach at his hometown and beloved Louisville Cardinals, leaving Purdue without a head coach, both for the bowl game and for the upcoming National Signing Day. It is uh, not exactly what we wanted I know we were all kind of in denial about it at being a possibility as soon as that Louisville position opened. But, um, Ryan, I want to go to you first. What was your reaction when you just saw that uh, the Louisville position had opened once again?
2: So my first thought was thanks a lot, Wisconsin, <laughs> because they they hit the first domino by not hiring Jim Leonard.
0: But oh, oh, wait, wait, explain those dominoes to me.
2: Yeah. So Wisconsin, for whatever reason, didn't like Paul Christ. Got rid of him. Didn't hire Jim Leonard. So then Luke Fickle decided to mosey on up to Wisconsin from Cincinnati. Then Louisville's head coach, Scott
0: Satterfield? Yeah, Yeah,
2: Scott. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he decided to make the trek up to Cincinnati, leaving Louisville um, vacancy. And we all know the next step in that – or the next domino in that process. So – When the Louisville job opened, everyone was just thinking, here we go again. Now, we didn't really know which side of the fence it would fall at first, but then you started thinking, okay, Jeff Brom's been here six years now rather than two. He just got us to very close, if not the peak of this program, um, or at least in terms of the Big Ten West, you can't go any higher right. than the Big Ten yeah. West champs. champion. So it, you started to think, okay, this unfortunately would be a cleaner break, and in Jeff's mind, he did what he set out to do for Purdue. He changed this program. Now he can go back home.
0: Yeah. And ultimately, that's what he did. Yeah. Yeah, Gabby, I mean, what did you think when you saw that Louisville position was open?
1: Um. So the eternal optimist I me – Really wanted to think that Brahm was the Purdue guy. I guess I even put it out there on Twitter that he was going to stay. You did. You did. It came through my head, and um, he was going to choose to stay here. Uh, obviously, that did not happen, and I know everybody wishes him well. Um, I, I, I obviously I'm glad for what he did for Purdue, but at the same time, I mean, seeing that picture today at the volleyball game with after yeah. they just decimated Purdue yeah. and got a tournament. I'm kind of like, don't let the door hit you See ya. I just, (laughs) that kind of stuff makes me mad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For those that didn't see the picture, it was, it was Brom at, uh, watching a Louisville, uh, volleyball game and he's wearing a Louisville zip up with the little Cardinal logo on it. And it was just before, yeah, just before his press conference where he was going to be introduced and. Yeah, it's, it's somebody compared it to seeing your ex with their new partner like <laughs> yeah. at a party or something, and you're like, oh, man, they look happy.
1: <laughs> I've never been a good ex. I'm bitter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I mean, this was a very quick process. The position opened up on Monday. Uh, rumors came out that obviously immediately that Brom was going to be who they targeted. They were going to throw a bucket of money at him, and then by Wednesday – even before noon, it was like just before noon, I remember I was making lunch, uh, a guy from ESPN, and I, I can't n- uh, think of his name right now, tweeted out the breaking news that there was an agreement in place for Braum and Louisville and that he would be taking the position, uh, approximately $35 million over six years. So not a huge raise from what Purdue was paying him. Purdue was paying him $5.1 million and Louisville was going to pay him just under six. So not a huge raise, so that's obviously not why he left but man. Uh,
1: yeah. I, I mean, with, <laughs> he drives a Honda Accord. It wasn't going to be about right. money. It was an <laughs> emotional decision.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Ryan, I saw you, um, you either said this in our group chat or you said this on Twitter, um, how you didn't begrudge him, you know, going back to Louisville because you're someone who recently moved far away from your home. Um, so you understand that draw. I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that.
2: Absolutely. I mean, leaving your family is not easy and to move for a job is just it's it's difficult knowing that your family's somewhere else. I mean, that familiarity, that just sense of home really doesn't necessarily follow you unless you're with your family. So, I know in his presser uh Jeff Brom said that Purdue will always be special in his heart, but it was never it was home away from home and you surely understand that like you can have a home away from home but you only have one home and for him, I mean his family is like royalty in Louisville. yeah so it's it's difficult and you know I'm again I'm happy he came and did what he did he completed just a complete turnaround of a program that was just a dumpster fire let's be honest in 2016 (laughs) like i was at those games it was i was one of about seven people at those (laughs) games it seems so from what he did i am grateful and this our this coaching spot For Purdue is in a completely different light than it was six years ago, and that is thanks to Jeff Brown.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, Purdue has pulled themselves out of a dumpster fire, as you said. Uh, (laughs) Went from the bottom of the Big Ten, losing to IU back, you know, in back-to-back-to-back years, Um, going from the bottom of the Big Ten to winning the Big Ten West, playing in the Big Ten Championship game under Brom in his final year, and there was also, you know, an an additional financial commitment from the athletic department from the university to keep Brom after this happened in 2018. And, you know, Brom got more money, but his assistants got more money too, which if you go Mm -hmm. back to kind of modern Purdue football, that has always been a complaint of all our coaches, you know, from, from Joe Tiller onward. There's always been a complaint that the assistant pool Uh, amount of money wasn't big enough. And Purdue was always losing people uh, to bigger jobs or better jobs or even lateral jobs if they offered Mm -hmm. you know, just a little bit more money. So um, Bobinski and, um, you know, the trustees have made sure that that is not as big of a problem now. I'm sure that assistant pool could always get bigger, but it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's tough when you lose a guy who brought you out of that because the fans are always going to have an emotional connection to him and especially the way that he won some of those games. I mean, the Tyler Trent game. I don't think anyone's ever going to forget that game, and that will always be a game that was, you know, because of Jeff Brom and because of the team that he put together. So he will always, always hold a special place in Purdue fan's heart. But I don't. I mean, I'm not going to root for him.
1: No. no, no. I hope Louisville crashes. No, can't do that. <laughs> or it's actually, Louisville. Sorry, there's my northern accent. Louisville crashes.
0: It's well, and it's interesting too because. I saw some people who on Twitter it was almost, it was pretty divided. It was a lot of people who were like, you know, I wish him well. I hope he succeeds. And some people who were like, you're dead to me. I hope you never win a game. That was me. <laughs> you weren't the only one. You weren't the only one. I saw I saw a few. But I mean, for me, one of the hardest things like I get the draw to go home because I'm like Ryan, you know, I grew up in Indiana. Lives my whole life in Indiana. Um, moved out to Virginia back in 2014, and then have lived in Maryland since 2015. Um, you know, m- we have a house here. My my wife and my son and I live out here. And I would, l- you know, there's a big part of me that would love to move back to Indiana, be closer to my family, my brothers, my nieces and nephews. Um, but, you know, it's like I have a life here. And I, I don't know if if I were to be offered a comparable job to what I have now and, everything else back in Lafayette where my family is it would be very hard to turn it down and to say I don't want to be you know back with the people I love and the people I grew up with it's very tough to turn that down but it's it's so much pressure I cannot imagine the amount of pressure Jeff Braum is going to be under at Louisville um, to go home as the favorite son what if he fails I mean, in four years, if he fails, do you think Louisville fans are going to be like, it's okay, it's Jeff Braum, or are they going to turn on him?
1: I mean, logically, you make sense. Emotionally, dead to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes the emotions, you know, the emotions win the day. That's all there is to it. I
1: won't hide that I'm an emotional.
0: (laughs) Oh, aren't we all? I mean, there's there's a reason reason I don't tweet everything I think.
2: Yeah, I need to stop that. (laughs) Well going back to your point about will they turn on Jeff Rom? there are some Louisville fans who tweet what everything they think yeah. so oh, there are yeah. definitely those who would turn on him
0: yeah and they Which turn on him quick
2: is, well i'll let you lead since you're the lead no go thinking, ahead
1: like, i was just thinking like so that kind of goes into like potential coaches do we want i don't like the rotation of coaches personally i would like to find a Purdue
0: you want guys. a lifer. You want a
1: lifer. I want a lifer. <laughs> I like the Matt Panthers. I like the Kitty Gerald's. I want somebody who's going to be dedicated to the program. So we're not doing this again mm-hmm. in five years. Um, but I know they're always, those aren't the hot shot coaches, I guess. Right. Um, and so you got to kind of look at the list and think like, do we want to find someone who's going to take us to the next level? And then you're doing this again in five years, or do we want to like invest in somebody? I think personally, Probably just like a loyalty thing. I like the
0: investment. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah,
2: just as long as that investment is not Drew Brees. Let's oh be honest, my God. that is a
0: dumb take. <laughs> I am so tired. I am so tired of people tweeting at me, being like, "Well, what do you think about Drew Brees? Do you think Drew Brees would take the job?" Drew Brees has never coached a down of anything other than like flag football with his children. Uh, you will. There, amongst us, there is hardly a bigger Drew Brees fan than me. I won a contest to, like, get his book signed first at University Spirit or bookstore or whatever. At the front of the line, I bought two books, got two of his books signed, got a picture with him. It was it was great. I love Drew Brees, despite all his advocare faults and his struck-by-lightning <laughs> oh, problems. God. I, I don't care.
1: And, and being struck by lightning.
0: Yeah. But, like, what, is, what in Drew Brees' career or life has said to you, he should absolutely be a head coach with no coaching experience. What, what? I just people like to say it. <laughs> no, But people believe it. They're not just saying it. <laughs> I, think, I, don't know. I think everyone wants to
2: see the Dion Sanders of the world, the superstar athletes become coaches. I think everyone just wants to will Drew Brees into that role. And I don't think Drew Brees wants to be in that role. Well, I wouldn't either. Just, yeah, just let him, like... Let him uh, benefit from the fruits of his labor, and
0: let him spend that money and be with his kids. Yeah, I mean, imagine, imagine if you're Bobinski, you you're like, I'm taking a flyer. I'm I'm hiring Drew Brees, and then he goes like three and nine, four and eight, oh. like four and eight, four and eight, and then you got to be the guy who calls Drew Brees into your office and fires oh. Drew Brees, and then then what are you gonna do? Then what are you gonna do? I mean. not only is it you're firing Drew Brees, you're firing one of your biggest donors the athletic department has ever had, and one of your best fundraisers. So you're like, who's gonna pay for his buyout? Is he gonna pay for his own buyout? We gonna call him up and ask for two million dollars? I mean, it's just, it's a stupid idea, and I don't want to entertain it. It's a stupid idea.
1: So who do you guys think?
0: Well, I wanna, so one thing you mentioned, do you want a Purdue guy or do you want someone who's like a hired gun? And I'm I'm kind of conflicted on that because the thing that I it always makes me think of is anytime Michigan football has a job opening. They were always like you got to hire a Michigan man. You know, you got to hire somebody mm-hmm. who, you know, knows Bo Shimbeckler or, you know, mm-hmm. who had dinner with Bo Shimbeckler once and therefore uh Bo Shimbeckler would imp- would approve him. And I always thought that was so dumb. So dumb. Mm-hmm. It led them astray so often until ultimately, I mean, I don't think Harb I Ryan maybe you know um did did Harbaugh have any connection to Beckler?
2: Not that I'm aware of. I mean, I, Jim Harbaugh is one of those guys. I I don't really dive deep into his <laughs> it's, personal yeah, affairs. Yeah, that's pr- so. probably a
0: good idea. Um, but, I mean, ultimately, you've you got to find somebody who, to Gabby's point, wants to be at Purdue. But right. if you're going that route, the guys that come to mind are you know, Brock Spack, Kevin Sumlin, uh, Mark Hagan probably does want to be at Purdue, even though he is technically an IU guy, um, but he's been right. back and forth between the two schools. Um, I mean, it, it depends on how you define a Purdue guy. I mean, is it does it just have to be somebody who...
2: Shepard? That, well, yeah,
0: but I mean, does he count as a Purdue guy because he was here previously? Like, do you have to mm-hmm. be an alumni? Do you have to be somebody who played at Purdue? How do you define a Purdue guy because there's been hundreds of, of coaches on staff throughout the years. If they've, if they were here in the nineties or two thousands, does that count? I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know what you're saying. Cause he was just here for how long was he here
0: with Brown? Oh gosh. That, was it only two years? I say four. Was it four years? I thought four. Okay. Yeah. You might be right. You might be right.
2: Yeah, because he's over at Washington yeah. now.
0: Yeah, if you followed it on Twitter, there's a big groundswell apparently among um, the current players to bring back Jamarcus Shepard as the head coach. Um, I believe, wasn't he, he was named associate head coach at Washington?
2: Whatever title he has, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah but I mean, titles are meaningless <laughs> in football. Purdue had three co-defensive coordinators last year, so who knows. Um, <laughs> but, uh, well, but ben, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Well, I was just saying, when I watched that press conference today, to me it seemed like they knew who they wanted or they already put an offer on who they wanted. They'd already thought that out uh, before this obviously had happened. Um, So they had to have had somebody at the top of their list, whether that's in staff, I don't know, or someone that they're in contact with um, that makes me think that uh, they have some ties to them, but maybe I'm way off.
0: No, I think you're right. In in a couple in a couple ways. So you're talking about the Bobinski uh, press conference that was today at four thirty today Thursday at four thirty, and he said a couple things that were I thought were pretty interesting. Um, You know, Purdue has always been known as an offensive school, a team that hires offensive Mm -hmm. guys, and he was asked about that and said more or less, you know, we're not necessarily looking for an offensive guy or a defensive guy. We're looking for the guy who we think can win us the most games. Um, And he was also asked about the fact that Brian Brom had been named the interim head coach for the bowl game. Mm -hmm. And it seemed pretty clear with his first answer that he is not considering Brian Brom for the head coaching position um, because he said something along the lines of, you know, we really hope he can, you know, stick around with us maybe as an offensive coordinator, but ultimately that would be up to, you know, the coach. And, you, you feel like that was the same answer he gave kind of about Mark Hagan. Um, so it seems like those two might not be in the running. Um, and he did mention, again, to your, your point, Gabby, he said, you know, this isn't something that we didn't expect. We were prepared for mm-hmm. this um, yeah. because of what happened in 2018, and we know you can't really hold off Louisville forever. So he's got a list of names. It's just a matter of who on that list of names he can get. Um, that is the question. You know, that's that's what we're all waiting to find out.
2: And I think it's important to note just that with Jeff Brom, at least, it seemed like he was going to go and spend or Mike Bobinski was going to go and spend whatever he needed to to bring Jeff Brom home or to bring Jeff Brom back, not home. So the problem was Jeff Brom was going home. This wasn't a matter of money. He was going home no matter the cost. So that's really good for the fans' confidence in the athletic department because you think, okay, they are going to go and spend money and invest in their guys. It's not going to be, you know, who can I get on our budget? It's who do we want? Let's change our budget to go get them. And it's almost a reflection of just the Big Ten in general. They are... You know, they're going to be one of the two major conferences going forward. They basically already are. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, money, money is just going to be rolling in. Yeah, exactly. So they are going to go and get their guy. And I think Mike Bobinski is doing a good job of showing that and in a broader scope. Just, they're put, funneling money into the football program. It is really nice to, so... Yeah, I mean, you they've got that
0: in the, yeah, the renovations that are coming up for Rossi, exactly. which apparently are, have probably started by now, um, at least the mm-hmm. initial initial steps of it. So, there is a tr- is right. a true commitment to the football program uh, from Bobinski and the rest of the department.
2: Absolutely. And that goes back to kind of the difference between 2016 when Jeff Brown was hired and now. Back then, Rossi didn't even have lights. Yeah. <laughs> like... This football program has taken such a leap forward, and there's still a long way to go. But I think everyone that you know has interest in Purdue understands that Mike Bobinski is doing the correct things to get them to that next level.
0: Yeah, I I think Bobinski, he, you know, it's unfortunate for him that he's got to do this again so soon. Because if you're if you're an athletic director, your career is defined by hiring, and it's specifically defined by football hiring. Um, you know, no other no other sport brings in as much money, no other sport brings in as many eyeballs or as or as attention as football does. So you could be one of the greatest ads in the world, but if you you know whiff on two football hires in a row, you're gone. Um, You're not sticking around. I don't care what school you're at. So um, this is an incredibly important hire, not just for Purdue, but for Bobinski um, himself. So, Mm -hmm. and I want to mention the the early signing period for football is coming up fast. It is December 21st. So this is... You know, Purdue's got a, a class coming in that's that's pretty decent, um, heavy on the defensive side of the ball, a lot of defensive linemen, defensive ends. And with no head coach in place, we've already seen, I believe, three uh, recruits who had committed. We've already seen them back out. Um, so we're waiting to see what this uh, group can do, what they can hold together, and what a new coach can do to to keep them. Um, we did have good news. Uh, Devin Mockaby tweeted that, uh, I mean, it was – a little more cryptic, but basically it was choo-choo and a train image and then a gif from the Wolf of Wall Street that, you know, so he's staying. Um, and uh, Brady Allen, who I know a lot of people are worried about, the uh, hopefully the quarterback of the future on this team, uh, liked one of our tweets about uh, saying the best days of Purdue football are ahead of us. So that we would really much uh, like him to stay. But man, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot to worry about if you're if you're a Purdue football fan right now it's a mm-hmm. it's a scary time That's
1: where- the worst part is like and even like the bowl game like players opting out or people gonna want to play who's gonna come back next year It's just like it's all on like a frenzy, which you know is never great
0: no, no I mean yeah I mean they they've got december twenty first is signing day. Purdue has a bowl game on January second. We've lost roughly half of the coaching staff. Um, we may still lose Brian Brom. It's you know there was confusion because some Louisville reporters said he was coming with Jeff. Others said he was not. Uh, now he's staying as the interim coach. So I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, Ron English, the co-co co-de- defensive coordinator, has left to go with Brom. As have another uh, a number of the offensive coaching staff. So. Uh, what do we think? Are, are these, I mean, I know you guys are probably happy Ron English is gone, right?
2: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, oh, Not I'm getting flashbacks to the Syracuse game. Ugh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. I mean, so it, Purdue's basically going to be coaching this bowl game with like GAs and like special <laughs> assistants. So it should be pretty interesting. Uh, Brian Kelly might have a little bit of a feast, although you know Brian Kelly not great with uh, you know students filling filling roles, uh, students doing work, so they might want to watch their ass if they're uh, if it's windy down there.
1: <laughs> oh oh, shots fired.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think he's a piece of crap, so uh,
1: that's fine. Do you guys think everybody will play?
0: I do. I think AOC and and Jones will both play. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think they have like huge NFL draft stock to, like, worry about should they get injured. I think they still have things to prove. Yeah, I agree. I think they'll all play,
2: too. And, honestly, a game like last year's Music City Bowl seems to help uh, trend towards these players playing. You see what kind of game that was, and you want to be a part of those kind of games. Yeah, that was a fun game. You don't want to miss that. Mm -hmm.
1: And it's a good bowl. It's not like you're um, – What did you reference in your picks? Like Detroit, no yeah. name.
0: <laughs> Detroit insert bowl sponsor here. Because, I mean, it's been like five different things in the last seven years. And I, <laughs> and I went to it. I went to it when it was the Motor City Bowl. I went to it when it was the Little Caesars Bowl. Because, um, I mean, Purdue went like three years out of like five or something to that game. We played Central mm-hmm. Michigan in it once after we'd already played them in the regular season. We ended up playing them like three times in 12 months. I mean, it yeah, was just ridiculous. Right. Um, so I, I, there's two more things kind of related to bowl season, kind of related to Brom that I wanted to bring up. Um, one it, I mean, with opt outs, with transfer portals, with coaches leaving so freely, is there any way we can fix bowl season? I mean, because so many of these games are just losing so many good players. They're losing a lot of meaning to them. And I mean, is there a way to make them better? (laughs) Yes. Well, if you ask the
2: committee that question, their solution is just expand the playoffs and try to make it like March Madness. But honestly, you need to have less bowl games. You need to make it an accomplishment to get to a bowl game. I mean, six wins is an accomplishment for a team. Let's not let's be real here. But for your top of the line teams, that's nothing. Yeah, like they obviously have bigger goals. I think if you start narrowing the amount of bowl games, I know you're gonna take lose some money, but your product is gonna be
0: yeah, yeah, Gabby, yeah, what about you?
1: yeah, I mean kind of the same uh i aren't they kind of changing the landscape of it all here in the next two years or? Something? yeah, I mean,
0: they're expanding the the um playoff to twelve teams instead of four, which will then have ripple effects on you know certain bowl games that'll be uh included, and in, you know what they're gonna do, but I I have an idea, and I want to okay. get I want to get your opinions. So in this new day and age of name, image, and likeness, and players being able to get paid, what they need to do is say you know there is a two million or what one million dollar payout for the team that wins this. Okay. It goes to the winning team. You have to play in the game in order to get your mm-hmm. share. If you opt out, Ooh. you don't get it. Now. You have to be on the active roster. So if you're on the active roster and you're like the second string kicker and you don't play, you still get your share because you didn't right. play because coach's decision. But like the
1: players get it? Yes, the, the players get the money. Get
0: the players oh, okay. get the money. So well, if
1: they're like a, Would that matter if they're like a top string? Well, I mean – Or like a top – You, know, you never know. Like
0: you never know. But, I mean, I'm just throw- – I don't know how much these bowl games actually make. So I think if we can, you know, give mm-hmm. the players a little incentive, because right now they get like goodie bags of like a Best Buy gift card or a Nintendo mm-hmm. Switch, and here's a sweatshirt. Yeah. So I think if they can actually throw some money it's to the players, sad that we're
1: just like, oh Nintendo Switch is nothing. <laughs> Three
0: hundred dollars. Well, yeah. So that's
1: us,
0: that's one idea. Um mm-hmm. and I think they just they've gotta do something. And of course I say that, but I'm gonna watch any bowl game I can while I'm working. And just put it on my iPad, so I, I'm part of the problem, um absolutely, but you know it's just there's so many games, and so many of them just they just don't matter in any way
2: so the problem I see with that suggestion is it doesn't really attack the right players because obviously you're right you it incentivizes for those players I... who aren't going to go to the NFL and make ginormous money. So, I feel like you'll still get the same kind of opt-outs. But, yeah, you, you have to find a way to incentivize the games or at least make it make it to a point where you can have a better product where your fourth-string quarterback isn't playing. Like, I believe it's the Iowa and Kentucky game that they announced they have, like, two top 15 defenses are playing, the second-string UK quarterback is playing, and then the third string Iowa quarterback is playing, who's never thrown a pass. In oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. So this and I, all this is courtesy of the sickos community. They <laughs> understand bad football, and yeah. that's
0: not game. No, that's the Music City Bowl. Oh, I have no idea. Oh. I mean, and that's another problem. I mean, these things change names so often that it's just mm-hmm. there's no real history unless you're like the Rose Bowl. And Mm -hmm. It's like no one cares about the Detroit Bowl or the Music City Bowl or anything like that. It's just there's only really four Mm -hmm. games people care about. So it makes it quite difficult. Um, And the last thing I wanted to mention is about the Heisman Trophy. Okay. And I would like to change the Heisman Trophy. And here is what I would like to do. I would like to stop just giving it to the quarterback on the best team in the Mm -hmm. country. Because it's very annoying. It is supposed to go to the best player in college football and it almost always, almost always goes to the quarterback of the number one team in the country. Which maybe the quarterback of the number one team is the best player, but like we're not really doing a whole lot of homework if we're just immediately throwing our votes to that person. So
1: I was gonna so. say it's so subjective because the best player of what? Like you could be like, is do defensive players ever win that? Are you ever you know what I mean like
2: Yeah,
0: exactly. Best the last player. one was Woodson, I think. Was that? Oh, man. I mean, it's just, there's just, it's become so lazy. And I think it's the voters' fault. They're just like, well, mm-hmm. you know, he is the quarterback for Clemson or Alabama or, you know, Georgia or whatever. And it's just so lazy. It just, uh, like, it's it's lost so much of the meaning to me.
2: Yeah, and you see this argument is really brought to light with light when Stetson Bennett is a Heisman finalist. Yeah, right. I <laughs> mean, great story, but is he truly one of the four best players in the country? I can't say, I can't say he is.
0: Right, right. Not
2: with the weapons he has around him. Exactly, that and that's
0: the other thing. I mean, not that these players aren't talented, but if you put most any other quarterback on that Georgia team, they're yeah. probably going to have the exact same record.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I think most people can throw a pass to Brock Bowers. <laughs>
0: Alright, so, so I know Drew
2: would definitely say he can.
0: Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, alright. Wrapping up this Braum discussion, I, I know I got us on a couple tangents there, but think these are the things that just come up in my head sometimes. So when do we think this is gonna be wrapped up? Do we have any idea? I mean, you know, like I said, national signing day coming up real fast on December twenty first, so we gotta have a coach by then, right? Yeah. Um,
1: I would say the next week we all have a
0: coach. You think next week?
1: Yeah.
0: Alright. Yeah, I would say by the end of next week we'll have somebody. Okay. So that would be then December 16th. Uh so yeah, that would five be five days to recruit. Okay. I mean, it's not really that bad because if you think about it, if a, a lot of these recruits are probably waiting to see what happens, they're trying to see who Purdue hires uh before they make any decisions. And then at that point, that coach has got to get his coaching staff in place so fast to go out there and call all these people. And ultimately, they may want to let some of these people go. Maybe they don't fit in a scheme that this new coach wants to run. Maybe they don't think they're good enough, but they're going to do that. And then I think the most important thing this new coach can do is just absolutely go wild on the transfer portal. Um, Mm. You're going to have to build your team because you're losing recruits, you're losing players. The transfer portal is just going to be so important going forward.
2: Well, and that's the thing, too. The new coach will have to recruit his own team. Mm -hmm. He will have to get those players to stay. Um, Whether or not they have luck, I mean, obviously, you feel like the floodgates are about to open, but my hope is that some of the players are thinking, like, okay, let's wait this out, see who the new coach is. For all we know, it could be a better situation for them. Yeah, So. So you hope they stick it out. I know not everyone has. That's understandable. But um, stick it out, see what the new coach brings, and then go from there.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and maybe the new coach will will give him a speech and say most of you are going to be gone, uh, like Dion did. <laughs> yeah. So you just never you know. <laughs> so um, I know, last question before I go, does anybody have a particular coach they would like to see hired, realistic or not?
1: I really don't. I, I'm not as educated probably on the coaching as maybe you guys are. I mean, I know some names. I I just want somebody who's, I, you know, like I said, it's going to be dedicated to, uh, the program and the Purdue way, the Purdue way, I guess. Um, so, I mean, as long as they, if we're going to be, if, and if they're not going to be here a while, they better be damn good. There you (laughs) go.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One or the other.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, the two names that I personally like the most um, are Jamarcus Shepard and Jim Leonard. Okay. So if Jim Leonard can turn us into Wisconsin
0: with Devin Mockaby, I will be 100% on board. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that would be incredible. Um, Leonard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I don't think this one's possible, but I said possible or not. So I will go with the Kansas State head coach, Chris Kleiman. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I don't think he's coming. I don't think he's available, but, you know. If fans, per-
1: they come for you.
0: Yes, that's what I hear. I hear their fans are coming for people on Twitter. So um, I'm just saying I I don't think he's leaving. I don't think it's going to be possible. But he has got a great record wherever he's gone. And I think he's a pretty damn good coach. So it would be great to have a guy like him. But uh, to Gabby's earlier point, I'm not sure he'd be a guy that would stick around for very long. So maybe we'd be in the same position in five years. So who knows? Um, I guess we got to just kind of wait and see and um, I'm with you all I think by the end of next week or even earlier Purdue will have a head coach in place so we'll just Mm -hmm. see who it is and you know maybe the next time we record we'll be talking about him who knows but uh, thanks Ryan thanks Gabby for joining us Uh, we'll chat with you next week folks Boiler Up
1: go Boilers